0: Welcome to church. You guys ready for the big day? By the big day, I mean reading the Bible. <clears throat> uh, I asked my friend CT, who he's cheering for, and he said the commercials, so I think that's a good, that's a good, that's a good decision. Uh, well, we're going to talk about, uh, we're gonna, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7 today, so you can turn there. If uh, this is your first visit with us, uh, we are glad that you are here, and we look forward to seeing you again. And uh, this is a great community of believers where we do life together, we grow in God's Word together, we worship God together, and this is a great place to be. And uh, I'm a little biased, but I think we have the best church because we have great people. And so uh, thanks for being with us this morning. We are uh, going through the series called Move Mountains, which is our theme for the year. Move mountains. That we believe that God is a God that can still move mountains. And uh, does anyone else believe that? That he can still move mountains? I believe he can. Uh, He said it, and he meant what he said. And so, uh, has anyone ever seen God move a mountain in their life? Yeah, some big things, God's moved. And he can do it, and he will do it again in that testimony, and those things that... That he does, they encourage us. And so, when you're when you're faced with a mountain in front of your life, I want you to look back and and find someone who says, "Yeah, God's moved a mountain," or remember your own, and they let your faith be encouraged. Because I believe God's going to move mountains this year, in 2022, here in Abundant Life. And so, this is a great time to be a part of the church. Amen. It's a great time to be living life in Christ. It is the is the greatest time. Our world is hurting. Our world is in need. Uh, it's a mess at times, and uh, there's no better way to live your life than in Jesus. Amen? Amen. So we're going to get into the Word this morning. Uh, this message is called Ask, Seek, Knock. And uh, it's, it's real simple, <clears throat> but we we're going to dig into what that really means. And, and I was thinking about <clears throat> when I was young, and, and someone would say, what's your favorite Bible verse? Does anyone ask you that question? What's your pay- favorite Bible verse? I just say, I don't have one now, and they think, you're a pastor, and you don't have one. And then I say something like, oh, well, I, there's so many. How can I, how can I choose? Um, I'd always say Jeremiah 29:11. Anyone else? Right? That was like it, like over and over. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. What a great verse. What an encouraging verse. And uh, when you're young, when you're Teenager, maybe, or when you're a young adult and you're trying to figure out life, that is a very encouraging verse. It's a very encouraging verse, but at the same time, uh, depending on what your outlook is, I mean, it it could also be an excuse verse, like in a sense. Like it speaks to God's provision and His plans and His protection, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you can read that verse for I know the plans I have for you, and you could be like, Hey, couch, where are you at? God's got this, all right? So like, He knows the plans. And your parents are like, "Go get a job. Go to school. Go do something." You're like, "No, oh, but God knows the plans He has for me. I don't need to do anything," <laughs> you know. And and it's it's just like, okay, you're a little too comforted by the verse Jeremiah twenty nine, eleven. And and the the thing is though, is that when you read the Bible, there's more than one verse. And usually, when you read a verse, there's verses before it and after it. So after Jeremiah twenty nine eleven comes. Jeremiah 29:12 and also 13 and and so on and 12 and 13 says then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart so oh there's action on my part so I I got to do something there's there's a, a calling on him there's a coming to him and, and so I can't just live my life with this mindset. And I think some Christians live their life with this mindset of like, I'm on the Jesus team now. It's all going to be smooth. Like it's all going to be smooth. If someone, I'm just going to be real with you. If someone, if, you, if you're new in the Lord and someone came to you and they said, you got to just receive Jesus in your heart because when you do, everything is just going to go, all the problems are going to go away and it's going to be smooth suddenly. They lied to you, <clears throat> all right? What, what Jesus said, in this world there will be trouble but take heart i have overcome the world because you have jesus with you to overcome these things and so it's not just you get to sit back and say oh i know the plans i have for you says the lord everything's gonna fall into my lap and i don't have to look for it and 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 i'm gonna be like like the doors in your life you get this picture of like you know when you walk into a grocery store and you get close and it's just like you jedi mind trick when they just open for you Like we have the that's not how it always works, right? Sometimes you get into life and you come and the door's just like not working. It won't open for you. It's not this automatic thing. And there's this part that we play, and you you found probably in your life that there are giants in the way sometimes. Has anyone discovered that? Have you discovered that there are doors that are closed? Have you discovered there's mountains in your way or there's heartache and pain that is part of this life? And so How do you reconcile the fact that God has good for you, but yet at the same time, there's a persistence that has to happen in our lives as we pursue the Lord? And I have good news for you. Jesus gave instructions on that. He gave instructions on what to do, just like God spoke to Israel through the prophet Jeremiah. Jesus speaks the same promise and the same goodness to us. echoes again in Matthew chapter 7. So let's turn there. Matthew chapter 7. If you have our church app, it's called Abundant Life Ording. If you don't have it, you can go to your store and download that. Uh, Right on the front page there on the bottom, you'll see notes, sermon notes, and you can take your own notes, follow along as well. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks it will be opened or which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him so jesus is using an example where he's comparing two things and he's comparing a lesser and a greater and I don't know about you guys, but I didn't really appreciate the fact that Jesus called dads evil. I don't like that very much. I think that's not cool, but it's Jesus, so we have to let it slide. But he's trying to get to us here that we're not perfect. Can we accept that? Can we, re- can we remember that? That he says, look, you have sin in your life. You are, there is evil in your hearts at times, And he says, you, even though you are flawed, even though you are imperfect, even though that there's things that you don't always do right, still, when your little girl bats her eyes at you and says, Daddy, can I please? Okay. And you give. And you give. And he says, if if you, who are so imperfect, give good gifts to your children, how much more Will our perfect Father in heaven give good gifts to his children who ask I think that's a great uh, a great starting point for us, a great starting point where Jesus uses this example because I think when I think about dads, I think dads for the most part have the best interest of their kids hearts in mind that they would they would give anything for their kids if their kids were struggling or hurting, they would want to try to help they would try to fix it dad's like to fix things all right so if there's a problem and there's a kid hurting you want to do something or there's a need you want to try to meet it and so there's this heart of a father that comes out that says i just want what's best for my children and we have a heavenly father who is perfect who wants what is best for his children and he gives some examples here he says that god will not promise a fish and give a snake or he won't promise bread and give a stone. And I, I think, you know, that's, it's a really good thing to say because the reality is is that God doesn't try to trick us. He's not a God who tries to trick us. I, I hear people say when, when hard things come your way, and I've, I've heard this, this is something that I would like as a Christian for you to stop saying. Ready? God's trying to teach me a lesson. God just must be trying to teach me a lesson here because I've obviously been a bad kid. Like, this is not the heart of the Father. This is not the heart of God. Listen, God doesn't swap out bread for rocks to see how strong your teeth are. That's, that's what he's telling us. That's not what God does. He doesn't, you, you don't say, God, will you provide for me? And he says, here's a rock. See what you can do with it. I want to teach you something. In this lesson now that doesn't mean hard things won't come your way that God will work in the midst of trials he will work in the midst of hardship he will work through all these things and sometimes there's storms in life and God delivers us from the storm and sometimes God sustains us in the storm and he's a good father but he he doesn't just if you go to God and ask him for something he's not going to say like well let me teach you something hard first I'm going to make you suffer so that you can understand and this is not who our God is he's a good father he is a good Father. James 1 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Our Father in heaven does not change. He doesn't shift. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't promise you good. And then at the last minute, sh- swap it out and shift to a different thing and just say, well, I- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this thing where like, you're going to come close. I'm going to just take it away from you. He's not a God who dangles the carrot in front of you. That's not our God. He is a good God and every good and perfect gift comes from Him. And I need you to know that about the God who you serve. He desires good for your life. You need to know that God desires good for your life. He desires good gifts for you. He has good gifts in store for you. Here's the thing, though. If we want all that He has for us, am I, does anyone else want all that God has for you? I mean, I, I want all that God has for me. If we want all that we need, if we want to find all those things, if we want to see doors open in our life, Jesus says this. He says, ask, seek, and knock. If we're going to see mountains moved in our life, Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. If you're going to make it through the trials of life, ask, seek, and knock. If you're going to go through a, a difficult time, and the relationship is struggling, and, and, and your things at work aren't going well, he says, ask, seek, and knock. If you're not sure where your next meal is going to come from, or if you're going to be able to make your mortgage payment, Jesus says, ask, seek, and knock. So what does that mean? What is he trying to tell us? What does that look like in our life? And that's what I want to talk to you about is what does it mean to ask, seek, and to knock? And we'll start with the beginning, ask. What does it mean to ask? I don't know about you, but we have this, I have this tendency And I I think the the longer I walk with the Lord, the the tendency gets less and less, but there's something inherent within us and who we are as people and in our flesh that when we face a mountain, and many of you are facing mountains right now in your life, the first instinct is to try to just figure it out on our own. The first instinct is like, okay, how is this thing going to move? Like, How many shovelfuls of dirt is it going to take to move this mountain? Or maybe your response isn't to just try to figure it out. Maybe it isn't to get out the calculator and do the math and see if it work. Maybe your response to the thing in front of you is to worry. Or maybe the response to the thing in front of you is to start complaining about it. And we, we think about all the possibilities to these things that we come up against and all the ways to navigate the situation around us. And we just have this something within us that says, I can do it. I can figure this out. I'm going to be strong enough. I've got to be the one to handle this. It's got to be on me. And we put ourselves in this position in which all of a sudden, we're now somehow responsible for figuring out all of the mysteries of life and all of the problems of life. Now, if our pride allows us to... And I say that's like an asterisk there. If our pride allows us to, we might ask for help, right? So you're on a, pretend you're on a road trip and dad's driving and you're in the middle of nowhere and you're lost. Well, now you just, okay. And let's say you have no cell phone coverage, right? So your maps app isn't working. And mom says, let's stop somewhere and ask where we are and let's get some directions. And what does dad say? I know where I'm at i'm not lost i just took the scenic route <laughs> if our pride allows us we pull over and we say hey do you know where i am right now and do you know where i'm going if our pride allows us we ask for help do you ever find that difficult to ask for help is that hard for anybody is that hard i mean come on i i, I got this maybe it's something that you feel like i should know how to do this thing i should know how to do this Maybe it's in, you know, one of the most prideful areas of life is parenting. Like maybe you're struggling and you're like, I'm not going to ask for help. We can figure this out. We got it. And then you look at the fruit of your everyday life and you're like, the reality is not that you got it, right? But you're like, I don't know. I don't want to ask for help. But we do sometimes get to the place where we ask for help. And the problem is, is that the kind of help we ask is like the game show, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Have you ever watched that show? All right, so you're standing up there, and, and the, if you haven't seen the show, you're trying to guess all this trivia questions, and everyone is worth more money, and there's more at stake, and you're trying to get all the way up to a million dollars. And you have three lifelines in this show, and, uh, and the three lifelines are a 50-50, phone a friend, or pull the audience. And so what happens is we get to these places in life, and we're trying to figure it out, we're going through our trivia, we're playing the game show, and we get stuck. And we get to this place, and we're like, what do I do now? And maybe our solution is to say, how about I take the 50-50? I mean, I got a half, I got a 50-50 shot at choosing the right thing here. So let me just take 50-50. It's going to be a guess. And you just kind of go through life going like there's a Y in the road. Hey, it's either right or left. I mean, I got a shot either way. And you just kind of make a guess and you wander into things in your life. And sometimes you wander into good things and sometimes you wander into not so good things. Or maybe... Maybe you think, well, I, I can do better than this. I'm going, to, I'm going to phone a friend and I'm going to call this friend up and I'm going to see if they can help me out with this answer. So you phone a friend and you say, this is, I'm really struggling right now. I mean, my husband is really irritating me and he's bothering me. And she's like, you need to leave that guy. He's terrible for you. And you're like, oh, okay. And, and maybe that wasn't the best advice that you needed at that moment. Um, surely not biblical advice. Or maybe, maybe your third option is you pull the audience. And so you look out into the world and you say, what do you all think I should do in this situation? So I'm, I'm, I have this dilemma and, and I don't know what to do. So what do you all think I should do? And so we're asking all these different sources, but the problem is, is we're asking the wrong people. We're asking the wrong people. We're, we're going to other people who also don't know all the answers, other people who are also flawed, other people who also have made mistakes. Now, there's wisdom in going to people who have maybe walked before you and have wisdom in your life. But the best response to any of these life situations is to first ask our Heavenly Father to, for help. That's the first thing. I hear people say, when all else fails, pray. Or or maybe people say like, well, man, it's just so hard. All there is left to do is pray. As if it was like the last thing we thought of to do. Here's the thing you gotta understand. Prayer is not a last resort. It's the key to receiving help from heaven. It is the key that he has given us. God has given us a key to receive help from on high. And that's through prayer. That's going to him and asking him. It is not a last resort. It is not the last thing that we do and so when we come into these things in our life the first thing we should be doing is ask the first thing is to say okay i've got this situation before i try to problem solve before i waste an hour trying to crunch the numbers before i try to think of all the things that i can do to get my wife to not be mad at me anymore for that really dumb thing i did to stop and say okay god help show me my heart show me what i did show me how you can restore and go to the lord and say god help but some people say well god doesn't seem to hear my prayers i do ask sometimes but here's what you got to understand god's word says in 1st john 5:14 this is the confidence we have in approaching god that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us so i have a question for you do you pray with confidence do you pray with confidence Some people, some people pray to God like like they're a little kid who just did 10 things wrong, just got in trouble for 10 different things, and went to the Lord and said, "Uh, so now can I get a favor? Like, maybe, I know I did this, you told me not to do this, and I did this, you told me not to do this, and this, and then you told me to do this, and I didn't do this, and then I hit my brother, and then I did all these things, and then you go to the parents, and you're like, can I have a cookie? Maybe? I know the answer is going to be no, but please, maybe. Like, that's, that's the confidence that some people go to the Lord in prayer, as if you are so undeserving, but yet what Jesus came and did for you, and that he died for your sins, that his grace is poured out on you, you are deserving as a child of God. I, I want you to start asking God like you're his favorite. Like, what if you were the favorite? Come on, I, you know, parents don't have favorites. Some of you are like, I know, but I'm the favorite. Right, and, and you go to your parents and you're like, I know I can ask and they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna help me out because, you know, I'm the favorite. And I, I know all your kids claim to be the favorite and, and parents will swear there's, there's not one. And um, I don't have a favorite kid. It's true. No, I really don't. But they don't believe me, but I don't. But what if you were a favorite? Like what if you were the favorite? What if you were the favorite student, the favorite kid, the favorite employee? And you knew that you had so much favor with your parent, with your boss, with your teacher, that you could ask anything. You know, you go to take a test, you didn't do well, and the teacher says, no retakes. And you're like, come on, I always do well. You can let me retake this one. And you know the teacher's going to say, okay, for you, I will. You know, you have that status. What if you started asking God like you had that status with him? That you're his favorite. That if you go to him, you say, you know what, I can go to you, God. God. And, and I know that I'm your favorite, and so I can ask, and I know that you're going to hear me. And so I want to challenge you. Start praying confident prayers. In fact, start praying ridiculous prayers. When's the last time you asked God to do something ridiculous that was completely impossible? I, I think you should start asking God for those kinds of things. Just start asking Him for those mountain-moving kind of prayers that confidence says, God hears me. An example here in, in James 1.5, he says, if any of you lacks wisdom you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So it's a perfect example. There's a promise right there in Scripture. Does anyone need wisdom to navigate your daily life? If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously without finding fault. This is something you can ask God for on the daily. See, we think of when we're, we're talking about ask God, we think in terms of, hey God, fix this. God, repair this, or God, change that. But maybe instead of asking God to change everything about our lives, maybe we should be going to God and saying, God, give me wisdom on how to navigate, or God, give me peace on what to do in the midst of this thing. So we go to God and we say, God, I ask you with confidence. Bottom line with asking is this, if prayer is not a part of your daily life, start asking. Start asking. Start asking God for things. Every single day, ask God something. Start your day asking God, going to the Lord. It doesn't have to be everything big. God, I pray that today that I would be less sore today from playing basketball three days ago than I was the day before, whatever it happens to be. God, I pray that today that my relationships would be a little bit more healthy than they were yesterday. God, I pray that whatever it is, just ask God, start asking God, start cultivating that with God. Because see, the second thing he says is that we're to seek him. And when you begin to ask, that cultivates a lifestyle of seeking him. That prayer begins to cultivate that pursuit as we come to God. He wants us to continue to come to him day after day after day. And it's not because God is hiding. It's not because God is reluctant. But because seeking God develops a relationship with God. Develops a relationship, a growing relationship with him. That We seek. See, here's the thing we got to understand about prayer, is that when we seek Him, we discover that our greatest need is not the answer to our prayers. Our greatest need is God. So we go to God and we say, God, I ask you, and, and we may be at a place where we're just saying, God, I just need something from you. I just need something. But as we contend and we continue to go back to Him in prayer, what we find is that as we seek Him, we get Him. We get His presence. We get His peace and His wisdom and His hope in his strength. First Chronicles 16:11 tells us to seek the Lord in his strength, to seek his presence continually. Continually. What does that look like in our life to continually seek him all throughout your you know you can pray at any time. It's okay to pray while you're driving. Keep your eyes open, but you can pray while you're driving. Don't make that mistake where you go, "Okay, Lord," and you close your eyes and you realize that was a bad call. He'll still hear you when your eyes are open. He really will. Pray. Pray in all circumstances. When we seek Him and we pursue Him, and we say, God, I seek You, in our lives as we seek God, we should be spending time in His presence. We should be searching the Word of God. And as we search the Word of God, we discover His promises. We learn of His goodness. We hear of His power and we seek Him. You see, to seek God is to engage in a living relationship with a living God. See, Christianity is not about reading a book and following a moral code. Christianity is about a living relationship with a living God that changes your heart from the inside. And that moral code, that, that those morals and those ethics and those things, they come out of God producing holiness within us, of God transforming our lives, of God making us righteous, of God working through us and in us that we become more like him that we seek him we seek him see we ask and we're seeking we're seeking for answers but when we seek we're not just seeking for answers we're seeking after him and as we engage with him what's going to happen is we're going to find his heart his wisdom and his ways and then finally the third thing he says here is to knock so we ask we pray we seek we keep praying and what we find is that as we pray we're developing relationship with him and now he says knock see we can pursue the lord's direction in our lives and come across a closed door has this ever happened to you have you ever been pursuing god and and you you have this figurative closed door has that ever happened where you're like okay i guess i thought i was supposed to go this direction has that ever been confusing for you where you feel like, I feel like God was calling me here, and the door's closed. Like, it, it just ended up dead, dead ending, and I, I I don't know what to do. And our first instinct, I think, is to go, okay, the door's closed. I guess I got it wrong. I should just walk away. And, you know, sometimes that is right. Sometimes that is the right decision. Sometimes you 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 missed it. Sometimes you were like, well, I thought this was the direction, and I missed it, but sometimes that's the wrong decision to walk away. This is why it's so important to ask and seek. That's why it's critical to know confidently what God is saying to you as he leads you. You, you need to know what God is saying to you in your life, that you ask him and that you seek him and that you've developed this relationship with God, that as you walk out your life, there's a certain confidence within you. This is what God is leading me. This is where God is taking me. This is God's direction for our family right now. This is God's direction for my employment. This is God's direction for my future as I, as I seek what to do after I get out of high school or whatever it happens to be, to seek God and say, God, I want to know what you have to say about my life. Because you will come across doors. Some will be open and it will be easy, but others will be closed. And you're going to need to know what to do with that door. Because sometimes a closed door isn't a dead end. It's an opportunity to be persistent. To stand at that door and to just start knocking on it and saying, God, I know you told me to walk through this door. I know you told me to go, and so God, I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to knock until it opens. But, But it seems like it's hard, and I don't know, and no one's answering the door, but God, I'm going to keep knocking until I get an answer, until it opens, because I have a confidence, because I have in my life, when I face things, I ask you, and I seek you, and I develop a relationship with you, and have a confidence in my life that this is what you have for me. This is the future that you have for me. So God, this door seems to be closed, but God, I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to knock, because I believe that you have called me to walk through it. You see, to stand at the door and knock until we get an answer, until it opens, speaks to persistence. In Luke chapter 11, you have the the gospel of, of Luke, which is luke's recollection holy spirit inspired recollection of the teachings and the events of the life of jesus so you have matthew's recollection mark's luke's john's okay so in luke's recollection he tells us jesus is taught about prayer and then jesus gives this example you can go through and read in luke 11 if you'd like but in this account jesus tells a story and he tells a story about a man who had been traveling and late one night he shows up to the house of a friend and the friend says, who's there? And it's, a, it's the first knock-knock joke, I guess, right? Knock-knock, <laughs> who's there? And he says, it's your friend, I'm hungry. And the friend inside says, look, I've already gone to bed for the night. My kids are tucked in. I'm not getting out of bed. And the guy at the door goes, I'm hungry. Let me in. I got no other options. You're it. You're my buddy. You got to let me in. You got to let me in. And he's like, I already went to bed. He's like, I don't care. I still want to come in and eat. And Jesus says this, he says this, because of his shameless persistence, the friend gets up and opens the door. That's what Jesus says. There's another word in there. It's a strange word. I can't remember what the word is off the top of my head. It's translated. It's the only time in, in scripture that this word is used i'm going to look it up now because i'm curious he says because of his impudence i had to look that up so i didn't want to but it means shameless persistence you 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 got no shame about you i don't care that you went to bed i don't care that it's inconvenient i'm hungry and i've been traveling and you need to let me in and he says because he was so shamelessly persistent that friend gets up and opens the door So when Jesus says that we are to knock, what he's telling us is to knock is to shamelessly persist in asking God to move the mountain. This mountain's still here. God, I am not going to stop asking you to move this mountain. I'm not going to stop asking you. No, I I know, I know, I know it's not moving, God, but I'm not going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just keep going. I don't care if I look stupid or shameless. I mean, I'll march around like Jericho if you want me to. I'm going to keep asking, and I'm going to keep knocking until something happens and this door opens. I'm going to stand here, and I'm going to knock, and I'm going to persist, and I'm going to keep praying, and I'm going to keep pursuing, and I'm going to keep dreaming. I'm going to keep hoping because I am going to walk through this door because I know that you have promised me that this mountain's going to move. That is the kind of persistence that knocking is. Now, we, we say sometimes, well, wait, hold, hold on. Time out. Time out. God's Word tells us that He knows what we're going to ask even before we do. I told Him what I needed. Why do I have to remind Him? Like, I, He knows. I prayed it once. Amen. It's done. Isn't that enough? can I just tell God, what, did God forget what I asked Him? I have to keep reminding Him? Like, what is the deal here? Like, I asked it should have just happened. And yet, Jesus tells a story in Luke 18 of a widow who there was some injustice that had happened in her life and she kept going to this judge saying, I want justice. I want justice. I need you to answer me. I've got this situation. I need you to do something about it. And the judge was like, no, I'm not dealing with you. This is, this is not a problem that I, I'm going to deal with right now. I've got other things to do and the widow kept coming back to him over and over and over and over again and finally in Luke 18 (laughs) verse 7 the judge is is so frustrated he's like okay because this widow keeps bothering me I'll give her justice so that she won't keep beating me down by her continual coming basically she's annoyed me into doing something about it and you might think that's a weird way to approach God but here's what Jesus says in verse 7 And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Jesus is daring you to try to annoy God with your prayer. But I already asked him a hundred times. I mean, he's got to be getting sick of it. Keep asking. Keep knocking. Be persistent, church. Church, we've got to stop giving up so easily. Sometimes we walk with, I know God's called me to do this, and... And I, I don't know, I, I was, I was going to go on this. I mean, it's amazing, this men's mission trip that, that I had said at the beginning. If God's calling you to go. Just believe that maybe $900 is a lot or maybe raising $10,000 to build a home seems impossible. And so you're... And some of you guys just said, I'm just going to do it in faith. And, and God just like open, has opened the floodgates. Right, Brian? He has, but, but see... We, we can get to this place and we're like, well, I mean, it's been two weeks and I still have zero dollars, so I guess maybe I'm not supposed to go. And yet, you know God spoke to you that it was, he was calling you to go, and so what do you do? You keep knocking. You keep asking. You keep pursuing. You keep going. And that's what Jesus is calling us to do when he says, ask, seek, knock. He says, be persistent. Don't give up so easily on the things that I put on your heart. Stop giving in so quickly. Stop giving up. That's the main emphasis of this entire teaching. You see, each of these words, ask, seek, and knock, are written in the Greek in a, in a verb conjugation that is continual. All right? it, it is a continual. So, so really, in our English language, it says ask, seek, and knock, but in the language that Jesus said it in and the language that is translated in our Bible... It actually is translated like this, keep asking constantly, keep seeking all the time, keep knocking, and don't give up. That's the way this is written. It's a habitual, ongoing lifestyle, a lifestyle in which our prayer life is not a monthly occurrence, but a daily one. In some days, let's just be honest, an hourly one, or maybe a minute-by-minute one. A lifestyle in which we contend and keep contending for the promises of God, which we are a people who are marked by pursuing Jesus. That's the lifestyle in which Jesus calls us to live. If we're going to see mountains move in our life, Jesus says this, I want you to keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on knocking. Some of you have already prayed in the beginning of this year, as we walked through a month of breakthrough in January, there were several testimonies that came out that God moved mountains like boom, right there, the first 30 days of this year. Some of you are going to get to to June 1st, and you're going to say, I give up. I prayed and it didn't work, but I want to encourage you on June 1st to keep asking, to keep seeking, and to keep knocking, because God's going to move mountains in your life. Please stand with me? I want to pray over you this morning. And I want you to be encouraged this morning because I believe that there are some of you here this morning that have given up on something that you once asked God for. You went to the Lord, you asked Him, He'd put something on your heart, you went to Him and you prayed and you didn't see anything happen and you gave up. It might be a, a vision... That he had given you it was a dream that he put in your heart maybe it was salvation for a loved one in your life and you prayed and you prayed for a day you prayed for a few months you prayed and and, and nothing happened it, maybe it was it was freedom from an addiction that you're facing or healing physical healing healing in a relationship in your life and you prayed and nothing happened and you got discouraged and you said i guess i'm just gonna live with it I guess it just is what it is. And you stopped going to the Lord. There was a season of your life in which you were persistent. There was a season of your life where you were going to the Lord and you were saying, God, I'm believing for this. But something happened where you just eventually just gave up and said, I guess it's just never going to happen. I believe that God's calling you back to a season in which you start knocking again until you see the mountain move. That you start seeking again. That you start asking again. I mean, you can try to outsmart your mountain. You can try to change your course. You can get discouraged. But Jesus said, ask, seek, and knock. So we just close your eyes. I want to pray over you this morning. And maybe, maybe as I spoke about a vision or a dream or maybe an addiction or a healing, you can think of something right now in this very moment. And maybe it was a month ago or maybe it was 10 years ago that you just stopped contending for. That God is asking you, I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you bring this to our minds right now. Are there things in our, that you have deposited in our heart that we've just, we've given up on, we've put away, that you are calling us to start asking and seeking and knocking again. To begin that persistence of pursuing you for these things. Lord, we come before you with these things, Lord God, on our heart. We come before you with these things, and we come to you, Lord God, and we ask. We ask. Church, would you just quietly right now before the Lord, and maybe you haven't asked for a long time, or maybe there's something right now that you're facing, and you haven't really gone to him in prayer, or maybe you have. Will you just again this morning, will you just take even 10, 15 seconds, and would you ask him again? Would you ask him to come and heal? Would you ask him to restore? Would you ask him to move this mountain? Would you ask him to come do a work in this area? Right now, let's just take 10, 15 seconds. You just pray out before the Lord, saying, God, I ask you to come do this. I ask you, Lord God. Yes, God, we ask you, Lord. God, I pray that every single day you'd put this on our heart, Lord God, to ask you, Lord God, we seek you, we seek you, Lord God. I pray that we would, as we seek you, that we would find you, that we would find your heart in this situation, Lord God. We'd find your wisdom in this situation. We'd find your hope in these situations, God. We'd find your peace in the situations, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us strength in the midst of it, Lord God, the perseverance, Lord God, to keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking, Lord God. We speak right now to closed doors. Right now to close doors that we have come up against Lord God that those doors are not your sign that it is time to be done, Lord God, there are times in which you redirect us God, but there are doors right now in the lives of many in this room that have been closed, Lord God that they need to start pounding on again, Lord God that you are calling us to persevere and so we speak to those doors and we say be open in the name of Jesus that we begin to pursue we begin to knock we begin to to, to call upon the hold all the armies and the forces of heaven to come upon our side and to fight with us to battle with us lord god that we contend for healing and restoration in this situation in the name of jesus that we contend for deliverance once and for all that this addiction be broken right now in the name of jesus that it would no longer be the defining thing in the lives of our loved ones in the lives of our own hearts lord god We pray, God, that you would come, Lord God, and that you would open the floodgates of heaven, Lord God. That you would open doors, that we would walk into your promises, that we would walk into your provision, that we would walk into your peace, that we'd walk into your security. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that you would bring this healing and restoration in the name of Jesus. God, give us a persistence and a determination and a boldness like we've never had before. Lord God, that shameless persistence that says, God, I know you're not too busy for me. God, I know that you will get up and you will open this door. God, I come before you and say, God, I'm going to keep on asking. God, I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep persisting. Lord God, we just come before you right now in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord God, and we seek and we knock. Lord God, I pray that you would wake us up, Lord God, that you would motivate us, that you would encourage us, Lord God, to begin again that persistent prayer life for you in the name of Jesus, amen. Church, if you want prayer this morning, maybe there was something that God just hit your heart with this morning as I was speaking. Maybe there's an area of your life where you're saying, yeah, you know, I gave up on that or I've just given in that it's never gonna change. I just don't know if it's ever gonna happen. I've been praying for this person for this long and it's never happened. Would you come forward this morning and you can just come right up to the front And you can spend time and you can seek God. You can ask, you can knock. Or you can come to one of our response team and you can say, will you pray for me? Will you join with me? Will you partner with me in coming to the Lord with persistence and and help my faith rise up again to believe that God can. In the name of Jesus, let's respond. Would you come forward as we sing this morning and let's...